Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tuesday morning here on the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Robin Leonio, your host. Here on this wonderful July morning. Hope you guys are all doing well. Hope you guys enjoyed the last episode, part one of our conversation with Coyotes Insider Craig Morgan. Part two is today. I'm sure you guys are all excited for part two of the uh, of our conversation with Craig Morgan. I'm pretty sure that's all you guys want to hear. You don't want to keep hearing just me talking about how much you guys want to hear it because... It was such a good conversation. We re- it really was. Uh, just to give you guys a, a little pre-context, today's uh, this part of the conversation, we got a little bit more into the Coyotes' moves of rebuilding, taking on some contracts, as well as uh, get Craig's thoughts on a, a few other things going around the NHL. Um, some stuff from the draft, as well as uh, his thoughts on also on some of the arena rumors. So without further delay, let's go ahead and uh, get right to part two. And that goes back to kind of, you know, in a bit of what what I was saying at, at the beginning of this show is, you know, going through all those trades you know, and acquiring those chips for what he can use later. Because, uh, you know, in the trading away of Aiden Hill, a lot of people knew that was going to happen eventually. Uh, but the other ones, and you know, picking up the contract of Andrew Ladd and Shane Gostaspear, and mm-hmm. as well as well as uh, Anton Roussel, Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, all those like all those contracts, and obviously those are short term, not only like, you know just a couple years, but yeah, you know that's you know that's that's part of the uh, this whole thing that Bill Armstrong's trying to do. Yeah, they're using cap space as an asset again. We've seen this in the past. Of course, the players they got in the past didn't actually play games for them, but these guys, by and large, are going to play games. We'll see about Andrew Ladd. I'm sure he'll get a couple cracks at the lineup, um, and he has, I think, two years left. The other interesting thing about all those those pickups, other than, let me, let me with the three guys they're getting from Vancouver, I did some checking, and one of the concerns you have when you're stripping it down like this is, what's the impact on the younger players? Who's there to lead the way? I've talked to several agents and executives who talk about all three of those guys coming in, uh, Roussel, Beagle, and Erickson, as just great, great character guys. So that's really important to have in your room. But when you look at the five contracts that, that they acquired, you look at the cap hits, you say, whoa. But then you dive into the details and you realize none of these guys is getting that much in actual cash. There have been signing bonuses that have been paid out. And or or there are base salaries that are simply lower, you know, because they were front loaded contracts. So the Coyotes are really not putting out that much cash for these players. And that was very important in these deals, too. That was what Bill was really trying to accomplish. He was looking for those sorts of deals because obviously spending cash for this franchise is still a concern coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. And I think that's that's a huge part. I think I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because I think every like. Like the casual hockey fan, if they want to try to look into, you know, 
you know, salary cap and everything like that. The first thing to look at is their is that is their cap hit and their average annual value, which, as we know, obviously doesn't make it doesn't make a difference in this case because that I mean that's what shows on the salary cap. But yeah, like you said, the Coyotes aren't paying that much, and that's yeah. that's huge. Yeah, and the cap hit. We both know the Coyotes weren't going to be a cap team this year or next year anyway. So why not use the cap space to acquire assets? It's it's just smart business, and we saw this again. We saw John Chaika do this as well. That's that's sort of when it started, or maybe even actually going back farther to Chris Bronger is when it started. But it it can be a valuable asset, and there weren't a lot of teams that were able and willing to do that. So the Coyotes used it to their advantage. Yeah, and I and obviously I thought like you know I also thought that overall was a pretty good pretty good decision making for, for Bill Armstrong. I actually personally liked the uh, um, the acquisition of of. Uh, of Shane Gossesphere. I was talking with a couple uh, other guests that I had on this show, as well as just people outside is, you know, I think he's still capable of potentially going to being maybe that around second pair defenseman. I think he, I, th- I think he still has it in him. I have always liked his game and I'd like to see, you know, I think that overall was also a pretty solid pickup. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because of, the, of the players that they picked up, I still think he has the highest ceiling with a, a guy like Ladd, clearly, you know, you, you understand why they did it. And I doubt his his time with the Coyotes is going to extend past his contract. I would say the same thing for Jay Beagle and, and Louis Erickson. But Shane Gostisbehere has has a chance to sort of revive his career. And and Bill Bill likes a lot of what he's seen. It, he took some steps last year. I don't know he's going to be that dynamic player that we saw earlier in his career. It, it really feels like he's lost a bit of a step. But yeah, you're right. As a second pair guy who actually prefers to play the right side. He could be valuable for the Coyotes. I'd also say watch Antoine Roussel because I've heard that this guy brings an edge to the game. He's kind of a, a character guy like Bill Armstrong wants. I think he could fit in really well with what the uh, profile of the profile that Bill Armstrong was trying to build. Also, I'm like a couple other things I'm looking into in, just in general, looking over, you know, over the moves made over this weekend couple smaller ones, things that maybe have fallen under the radar, some quote, like including a quote AHL move and uh, and uh, trading away Steenberg, uh, Tyler Steenberg and Braden Burke for uh, to the Kings for Boko Imama. Um, I think, I mean, that, there's another one, you know, bigger, you know, bigger guy who, uh, you know, well, let's say he's physical. And I, I mean, that's that's something that Bill Armstrong wants. Yeah, I said this on the Natural Hattrick podcast. I, I know he's pretty much hated down in Tucson right now, but Bocas, he's going to be a, a popular guy really soon. Uh, I know he had some scraps with some of the guys down there, so that's that's going to take a little bit of an adjustment, maybe some apologies <laughs> in the room when he walks in, but he is definitely the type of player that Bill Armstrong wants to have. And they get, they got beat up a little bit down there last year, so he, he can help solve that. And and the guys they moved, I know you know, some, some people down there were in love with Braden Burke and thought he had potential. I don't know, guys. I, I I don't know that Braden Burke was ever going to be anything more than a call up, and he really didn't even get an opportunity with the Coyotes. So there there are clearly holes in his game that they saw that they didn't feel he was ever going to crack the Coyotes lineup. I mean, plus, I mean, as we kind of kind of a way we were saying earlier in terms of how development has been with the Coyotes. I mean, look how long it took for uh, for Michael Bunting to to finally get his first crack into the into the NHL. Like it finally did it this like like you know got some games this this season which was yeah. different curious what's going to happen with him too uh 
group six uh, unrestricted free agent. He is definitely going to test the waters. I think he thinks he can get a little more money than the Coyotes have offered. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, it's it's tough. I For Michael Bunting, I, I could see a market out there for him because we're in a flat cap era. He's not going to cost a lot, of, a lot of money for teams to acquire. And he's intriguing because, you know, he had the 10 goals in 21 games, I think it was. So you, you you liked the way that he plays. He goes to the net. He's he's got an edge to his game. I could I could see him being attractive to teams. At the same time, you don't want to make a mistake and give him too much money too soon. You, you can't ignore the fact that he went to the World Championship and didn't have a single point playing in what was definitely a diminished tournament in terms of talent. That matters too. Maybe it was just the big ice that impacted him, but he's a tough one to project at this point. So. You got to be sort of cautious with with what you're willing to do with him. I think that's the the approach that the Coyotes took. We'll see if Michael can cash in on the open market. Summer is breakdown season in Arizona, and nothing probably annoys anybody more than the car breaking down at the wrong time, having to go to an auto parts store, getting the part that they may or may not fit their car because maybe they gave the wrong information, and have that part be probably significantly more than you expected. There's got to be a better way on ways to fix your car and find parts for it. Absolutely, there is. You have access to rockauto.com, the best catalog out there for repair parts for your car. And the best part is you can easily save 50% or more on the same part you would get at an auto parts store. I'll give you an example. I needed a new air filter for my Mustang. I went and go ahead and went to Rock Auto, searched up the air filter at Rock Auto, $10. At the local chain store that's just right around my house, $24. It's a no-brainer. So go ahead and go to rockauto.com and check out what fits your car or truck. And while you're there, go ahead and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. And more importantly, be sure to just check out their low prices and maybe get a repair part before a breakdown happens for your car. Because we all know nothing sucks worse than being stranded in the road in 110 degree weather or in a crazy monsoon storm while waiting for an expensive repair. Rock Auto will save you. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. I always love joking about, uh, you know, with, when it comes to these free agents and the kind of contracts they take is uh, I don't think we're ever going to see again a, uh, any of these players get a uh, John Chaka S uh, contract uh, looking towards, uh, I'll give an example, in like Jacob Chikrin's contract. Well, I mean, here's the thing with Chikrin. It, it, yeah, you're, you're right that Bill is not inclined to hand out those sorts of contracts. He does not believe in paying young players, giving young players big money. He believes in keeping players hungry. So that's going to be his MO in negotiations from here on out. Yeah, the uh, the, the, the uh, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz contracts probably didn't work out. Um, and and by the way, if the Coyotes had been able to move either one of those deals, I, I wonder if Connor Garland's still a Coyote. That That's part of the problem. They, they, didn't, uh, they didn't feel like they could pay all three of those players. And I'm not sure they wanted three smallish players like that in their top six. So that was part of the thinking. But with Jacob Chikrin, man, that's that's one of the best contracts in the NHL now, in my opinion. That So he took a risk on that one. Oddly, didn't pay him as much money as some of those other guys. Um, but it, now you look at what Chikrin's doing, his progression, provided he can stay healthy, he's going to be an excellent signing and, and clearly is the cornerstone of this franchise because he was 
my understanding, the one guy that they simply were not willing to listen to offers for. Yeah, and I, it doesn't surprise me. Best uh, best player on the ice, plus only getting paid four point six next four over the next four years. Like, I I mean, yeah, that's 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 definitely Jake's best best contract that he that he put out there. Um, but as like kind of going back to a bit of what we were saying before is that that uh, Bill Armstrong is not done making moves, and I think I just saw you tweet right before he we went on that. There's still a market out there. There's still there's still questions about the whether or not Darcy Camper might be moved. Yeah, Darcy Camper is one that has has garnered a lot of interest, and you understand that. Listen, if you want to tank, if and I, they're never going to say the word tank, but if you want to be really bad, it probably makes sense to get Darcy Camper out of goal because he's going to win you some games. So you, you know, I, I know people are like, well, whether they have in goal, then Ivan Prozvatov. Now the the Coyotes will go and get another veteran goalie. That's what will happen there. But if if you want to acquire good assets, and I'm, I'm I understand just like Dave, Dave Pagnota tweeted, the price is high on Darcy Kemper. But if you want to uh, acquire assets and make sure that you're bad, you probably want to move Darcy Kemper. I think Christian Dvorak, they would listen to the right offer for him as well. I I'd like to see him stick around. To be honest, I I think centers like that. He, I think Christian Dvorak could be an effective player for this team for a long time. So we'll see where that goes. But. Yeah, I do think there are other deals on the table. And I look, I still think Bill's pursuing some of those contracts like he's already acquired. I've already reported that they were looking at Anton Strahlman from, from the Florida Panthers. I don't get the sense that they were able to get the deal they wanted from Florida. So we'll see where that one goes. Um, maybe it'll be revived if if Florida feels the need to move a player. Plus, I think in terms of other contract moving is too, I, and I believe... I believe I th- I, there's something that I think that you mentioned because I was listening to uh, um, your interview on on Sunday brunch on Sirius XM, and that like that Phil Kessel is still in the question, but probably might not be moved until later in the season. It's, but yeah, contracts are still being moved. Bill Armstrong's not done. Yeah, Kessel is interesting because. I have heard Kessel wants out. He doesn't want to be a part of this. And you can understand that. A veteran player like him, why do you want to play on a team that is is clearly trying to be bad for a couple seasons? I think he'd really like to go to Vegas. I think the Coyotes were of the opinion that they probably wouldn't be able to move him to a team until the trade deadline. But I think I think Kessel's camp is going to pressure the Coyotes a little bit to get something done because I think he wants to move on as soon as possible. Uh, I actually also heard that there had been some interest in Lawson Krause. So We'll see what happens in the coming days. This is a weird offseason, right? All the dates are changed. We've got this two-month block coming where you could see a lot happen. So we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, this off, yeah, this offseason is weird because around this time, I'd pro- we'd probably be heading, what, to uh, to rookie camp? Yeah. And that's not going to be till September now. So we've got this entire month of August. Like, what are we going to be doing? Yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta, I, I gotta figure out my content for this for 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 August. Ever, You're not alone. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess, just a couple last last bit of things to touch on, and uh, one thing that also you also reported, and that uh, you you're hearing that uh, that. Coyotes defenseman and uh, uh, Nicholas Yalmerson is uh, looking at retiring. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's one that hits close to home for me. As you know, I grew up in Chicago. I I grew up in Chicago Stadium, and then the United Center watching the Blackhawks. I have been a fan for a very long time. Sorry, Coyotes fans. I know some of you don't like to hear that, but that was my team growing up. And Nick was 
he was the unsung hero of those three cup titles. Just one of the best defensive defensemen I have ever watched. Maybe the best that I have ever watched. Rod Langway, another one. But I'm going to be, I'm going to have something up on him a little later today, along with some other notes in a neutral zone. But yeah, that's a tough one to watch because he's just, he's the consummate professional, first of all, on and off the ice and just a no nonsense guy. And it's not like, it's not like Nick was disagreeable to contact with reporters. He was, he was always great and he was insightful. He's a really, really smart guy. It's just that wasn't his main focus. His focus was hockey all the time when he was in the arena and then family when he was away from it. And that, if people are wondering at 34, why Nicholas Chalmerson is retiring, that's the reason he's got two boys that he just loves to death. And it's so obvious when you see him around the rink he didn't want to uproot them for one or two more years. He wasn't going to come back to the Coyotes. He didn't want to uproot his kids just to take them to another NHL season for a one-year deal or a two-year deal and then have to do it all over again. Just felt it was too disruptive to the family. So he's calling it quits. My understanding, the latest, was that he was they're just going to spend the year in Arizona and then probably move back to Sweden. But I wish Nick nothing but the best because as a Blackhawk fan, he gave me three cups and it had been a long wait before that, and he was just a remarkable player to watch, a guy who clearly was a warrior who would block any shot coming his way and seemingly always get out there for the next shift, no matter how much pain he was in. I loved watching that guy play. I'll, I'll give you a bit, little bit of the inverse, like somewhat of the inverse. I, I, I have so much respect for, uh, for him as well. Um, he frustrated me a lot because as a born and raised fan of the San Jose Sharks, 2010 hurts me a lot. <laughs> um so like that's like and and seeing what he did obviously it was more than just him that in that 2010 team that was a strong uh chicago blackhawks team that just powered past san jose but yeah that was a crazy strong team Uh, and and then of course they had to lose several players because of the failed uh qualification of rfas uh you don't want to you don't want to take me down this road (laughs) i'll just get angry again at, at the uh the mismanagement by a certain guy that's still with the blackhawks yeah, that, that 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 was definitely something something else. Um, yeah, and Dale Talon took the fall for it when he shouldn't have. Uh, Not I that. Guess yeah, <laughs> BetOnline.ag guys, it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is now in full swing, and you can track the action at BetOnline. Get all the news, odds, and info you need for all your sporting needs including MOB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up for your free account today and receive yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, once again, that promo code LOCKEDON, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Once again, that is your online sportsbook experts and the exclusive online sportsbook expert of the LOCKEDON Podcast Network. <laughs> I guess a couple things that uh, I think maybe we could just touch on before before we close out, and I think... Um, just because everyone wants to get an opinion on it and everyone wants to talk about it. Just a brief opinion on whatever, um, because it's been talked about in uh, Montreal's pick at 31. 
Yeah. Did you see the uh, interview with Trevor Timmons? The, what was it? 20 seconds of silence? <laughs> Where it, it looked like he was going to say something. He's like, nope, that doesn't work either. How about, nope, that doesn't work either. You're right, Trevor. There is no defense for this decision. That's that's basically my opinion. I don't get it. You you have a guy who basically recused himself from the draft just a, what was it, a few days before? And then you go and pick him anyway. And, and how do you not know that you're going to face backlash? Maybe you don't care in Montreal because you think, okay, if the guy can play, everybody will forget about it in Montreal because they love watching the Canadians succeed. Maybe that's the thinking. But are you telling me that there wasn't another guy right behind him on the list that could also be pretty good and you could have avoided all of this? I don't get it. And how do you not think of all the women that are watching at that point, what is their reaction to you saying, yeah, it really didn't matter to us. We're still going to spend a first round pick on this guy in spite of what he did. It's just mind blowing to me that teams could be so incredibly stupid and insensitive. I think that's the big, I think that's the biggest part is uh, that I obviously if he was going to get picked later on that whatever team was going to pick him still would have gotten a lot of, a lot of crap. But in the first round, I think that's what hurts the most for everybody because it's just like, that's like, you know, this is you know being televised to national television. This was on ESPN too. Everyone's watching this. And that's how it ends. Can you think of a, a better way to ruin all the good vibes from a run to the Stanley Cup final than that? My goodness. They had so much goodwill in that city. And around, really, around the NHL world, the hockey world, and then they do that. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that I think a lot of people um, are talking about, and just in, in this, this, that entire week in general, is we went from, on Monday, from uh, everyone celebrating um, Luke Prokop coming out as gay to the Montreal Canadiens selecting Logan Mayu in the yeah. NHL draft. Like, what a, what a week. Yeah, yeah. It's just, again, I... I just, I don't get it. I, I don't understand how a bunch of minds in a room can say, yeah, this is what we're going to do. I, I just don't get how you get to that point. Especially, especially look, look last year with the Coyotes with, with Mitchell Miller, right? Did you not learn your lesson from that? Even though, quite frankly, I think the reporting initially on the Mitchell Miller story was brutal and they missed some really important elements that added nuance to that story. Still, you saw the backlash against it and you should have learned your lesson from that. And this was this was a first round pick, not a fourth round pick. Yeah, that's that's what makes everything different. And I think I was I was totally going to bring that up because, uh, yeah, Mitchell Miller was fourth round. This is first round. But even then, look at all the backlash the Coyotes still got from the whole Mitchell Miller situation. And because of that, they ended up cutting ties. And I, and I mean, yeah. And did they learn their lesson? The Coyotes did because I mean, I, they said that that he that he wasn't on their board. Yeah. And do, I mean, do you buy the when they say when Montreal says, well, we're going to use him to raise awareness and all I, I, I forgive the cynic in me. But when I see those sorts of things, to me, that's just PR. I, I, I've become so cynical about some of the things that pro franchises do in in the community arena, in the uh, uh, whatever you want to call that space. Um I just I, some of it just feels like it's just PR to improve the image of the team rather than genuine commitment. I see that often in pro sports. So there's a side of me wondering if if that's what's at play here. We'll justify it this way. We'll get the player we want, and this is how we'll spin it. Forgive the cynic in me. Maybe that's not accurate, but that's part of my thinking when I look at this pick. 
Yeah, I I, can't, I think a lot of us are just speculating what what went through their head because we don't know. It's yeah. it's just it is mind boggling and it's frustrating for a lot of for for a lot of people outside just to, just to see that happen. Yeah, no question. Last thing I promise, because I totally almost forgot about this, and uh, I talked about it on Friday's episode, and I just want to get your opinion on it. And that is the uh, the request for proposals from Temp- the city of Tempe for development right south of the Salt River for potential entertainment complex and arena. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> I have been down this road a lot, Robin. I I, I I'm cautiously optimistic, but there are a lot of hurdles to cross. I think everybody's seen most of the details that are out there now. I love the location. Um, it, it would be fantastic, right? It, I've always thought, you know, somewhere along that 101 corridor, I always thought actually a little closer to ASU made more sense because it, it sort of opens it up for the East Valley. And then you've got the corridor coming right through the city for people to come from the West side. It's a little easier to access. So I like the location a lot. We'll just see if they can cross all the hurdles. We'll see, you know, that I keep hearing that it's privately funded. We'll see if that is in fact the case when they get to the finish line. Are they looking for some sort of, you know, well, they are looking for some sort of arena district. What sort of tax kickbacks do they want? Will the city be on board with that? Will the city council approve it? There are so many steps. I love the idea. Location is clearly so important to the Coyotes. And and from a personal standpoint, I hope it comes through because it'll reduce my commute. And and I think it'll help with, with uh, the attendance at games. But I'll wait and see how this all plays out. I, I hope it happens, but um, I'm going to take a cautious approach because I have been down this road so many times before with the coyotes. Yeah. I, I I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic as well, but at the same time, like to have, if an arena were to be built uh, that much closer to Tucson, at least just because that's you know Tempe is at least, as I said on Friday's episode, 45 minutes to even 90 minutes, depending on traffic uh, difference from, uh, from, from Tucson. Tucson. Yeah. to Glendale versus Tucson to Tempe. Like it's, that's a huge difference. Um, yeah. So I would like, I would like that. I'm glad you, you talked about like some of the other potential locations. Obviously that's the one that they're looking at, but I've always, in terms of what I wanted, this is, I've always wanted that, um, that location, you know, like where the 101 met the 202 at Stripland. I think it's owned by the Salt River Reservation. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I would like that there. I had even heard, uh, it, I, I know, in fact, that they had explored, when you go all the way to the southern tip of 101, where it meets the southern Loop 202, there's some land south of the Chandler Mall that I know that they had looked at in the past as well. So there were, there were a number of locations in play here, but this is the one they settled on. I, I think it works. And I'll I'll be ecstatic the day they announce that this deal's going through and they, they actually dig the first shovel full because it'll be, it, it is so critical to the success of this team to have, I mean, you need stable ownership. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they have an owner that has the money to finally do what they haven't been able to do in the past. You need to draft and develop well. They've got the staff in place to at least make that happen, but they needed the right location. I I know it hurts Westsiders to hear this. I get it. I really do. But I have, I have looked deeply into the numbers. And if you look at where their premium season ticket holders are coming from, the ones that supply them with the most money, it's about three quarters in the East Valley. So, you know, and that's including Scottsdale, of course, the East side. So 
when you put something closer to them, I think it's going to matter for attendance. I really do. I think it's going to matter for corporate sponsorships. The one thing I wonder about is when you have three arenas in town, what, what's going to be the impact on, on those other two arenas, concerts, all that? That's all stuff to explore in the future when, when this thing gets a little more solid in terms of its legs. It will definitely be interesting. And I'm, 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 like I said, cautiously optimistic, but also excited to see how it develops out because, you know, I guess everyone, like I said, everyone wants, wants a new arena for the Coyotes. That East Valley is just what needs to be done. Yep. Let's hope. Let us hope. Um, Craig, I'm going to let you give any final thoughts on, on this last weekend. Maybe things you're looking forward to coming up this next couple of weeks. Um, and yeah. Well, we've got uh, uh, qualifying offers due for restricted free agents today. I'll have a report on that a little later. Um, free agency is coming up. Free agency starts on Wednesday. And, you know, depending on what else Bill is able to get done, They've got some holes to fill on in the lineup, particularly on defense, where they only have re- three real NHL defensemen signed right now. Now, there, there are opportunities for others, for the Russian kid to come over and play that they already signed uh, for Victor Soderstrom to win a spot. Although my personal preference, unless he wows him in camp, is for Victor Soderstrom to play an entire year in Tucson because the Coyotes have done that way too much in the past where they pushed a kid into the NHL too soon instead of just letting him develop. I hope they let him bake in Tucson for a full, full season, but... They have some moves to make in free agency, so we'll see where that goes. My understanding is they're going to under, they're, they're going to name the assistant coaches soon. I think they're still looking for an assistant GM. They have to do those interviews in the coming weeks. So there's a lot still happening on on the uh, Coyotes front. So maybe we will have some content after all, Robin. <laughs> uh, yeah, hope, hopefully. I guess uh, if we, if things get crazy again and and I, and I need some help, I'll, I, I you know I know. And I definitely, you'll definitely help me out, right? <laughs> I'll be there. Um, and also, one thing I just got to mention too is uh, your mention of Soderstrom in Tucson and that that whole development thing hit a little bit because uh, we all know the whole situation that happened with Dylan Strom. Yeah, yeah, and and many others before him, right? I, you could, I don't know how many you could list, right? Uh, Mikhail yeah, it's Bob, just the one that came to the top you, of my head. Yeah, yeah. There's you, but you just keep going back through their history, and you find examples of it. So, hopefully, and this has been Bill's history, or at least it was St. Louis's history to let guys overbake. And I, he has told me that's his philosophy. So, we'll see if the Coyotes can stay committed to that. Again, if if Soderstrom comes up and has an unbelievable camp, that's a different thing. Maybe they think he's ready, but. To me, Barrett Hayton, Victor Soderstrom, Jan Yannick, all those guys, let them develop. Just let them develop. I think it's better for them in the long run to build the confidence, to have success, and to you know work on all the details of their game so that when they come up, like Connor Garland, they are absolutely ready to make an impact at the NHL level. Yeah, and, and especially with how Tucson played last year, uh, they would definitely benefit even more so than pl- to for playing under coach Jay Veriday. Yeah. Yeah. That's another cool thing is to see Jay going back there. And it, you know, it's probably a little weird for Jay, but look, the circumstances were bizarre last year. They had a taxi squad. They needed extra hands. They had lost Steve Peters who did a lot of stuff for them away from video coaching. So they needed Jay on the staff last year, but he's going to be a good person to have in charge of everything down there. Yeah. And it's, you know, being, being a uh, pretty much almost full-time down in Tucson, I could say yeah, Jay is a fantastic coach. Brought him to uh, some some pretty good teams, I gotta say. Yeah, hopefully uh, I can get down to Tucson a little more because 
I have a couple of restaurants I really like visiting when I come down there and I like watching the Roadrunners play. Just hopefully the time will permit me to get down there a couple of times this season. I had people, I, I had some uh, colleagues uh, of other locked on podcasts come down to Tucson and they love it down here. So yeah, I do too. <laughs> uh, Craig, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know everyone knows where to find you because well, you are the, uh, the, the main person everyone loves to go to for Coyotes news, but still it probably would be fantastic for you to share with the, these locked on listeners of, uh, of your website, as well as any other content you have pushing out. Sure. Um, it's azcoyotesinsider.com is where you can find me for the site. Thank you for asking. Um, on Twitter, at Craig S. Morgan. And of course, Luke Lipinski, Steve Peters, and I record the Natural Hattrick podcast as well, which you can find on Twitter, at The Natty Hattie. So there, there's a bunch of places. Absolutely. Craig Morgan, once again, of, uh, of Arizona Coyotes Insider. Uh, this is it for this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a review if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. If not, uh, just be sure to hit that subscribe button. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, including the all-new Odyssey app. Don't forget also to interact with us on social media. I am personally at your one also at LO underscore Coyotes interact with us ask us questions we will answer them on a future episode of the locked on coyotes podcast again that is going to do it for this episode of locked on coyotes hope you guys are staying safe out there hope you guys are staying healthy both cool and dry depending on whatever part of the state you are and if it's hotter monsoony whatever it is and don't forget to howl on <laughs>